show me the way to go home. I'm tired and I want to go to bed. I had a little drink about an hour ago and it's gone right to my head. Wherever I may roam, on land or sea or foam, you can always hear me sing this song. Show me the way to go home. Hello and welcome to the virtual pub for some drinks trivia and social history with absolutely no tasting notes. I'm Tim and I'm joined by my drinking buddy, Illyri. What are we serving today? Hi Tim. Uh, I'd like to show you what I'm drinking because it's bougie. Mm-hmm. That, I mean, that is very bougie. You've got a fancy golden bottle of something. I don't know if you can read it. I'm trying to hold yes. it up. Yes, gold. A- A-U, which is the symbol for gold. Mm-hmm. Vodka. A-U vodka. Um, so, yeah, a flavoured vodka. Fruit punch. I'm going to pour it and you can try and uh, describe the colour of this, everyone. Okay. <laughs> it's quite something. Oh, it's uh, Ribena-y. Mm. It's sort of Ribena, but a little bit more luminous. Very neon. Yeah. Neon pink. Mm. Neon pink fruit punch vodka. Um, so I don't know if you've seen this anyway, you vodka. Um, no, I haven't. Lots of like footballers and grime artists drink it on Instagram. and it's oh, Because that is, your, that is your tribe very much. <laughs> like you're, always, um, you're always banging on about football and grime, you are. It's just like, you know, these kind of people who, and Dubai, it's really popular in Dubai. People who've got like fancy cars and expensive watches. Um, yeah, but drink poor a- taste. A- vodka. <laughs> yeah, new money. It's very new money. <laughs> it's very new um, money. But it's it's made and marketed and owned by three Welsh guys in Swansea, funny enough. It's, um, ah. it's lo- very local to me. So I was mind blown when I saw it online. I was like, what? <laughs> That's just three lads from Swansea making this bougie vodka. You get that new money, Swansea. You go for it. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, wondering why I'm drinking flavoured vodka, anyone? Because... And we're all wondering. We'd, <laughs> we'd like to talk about Ukraine. It only feels right. Um, and yeah, flavoured vodka yes. was my choice. Absolutely. So that is why I am also drinking vodka. Mine is not flavoured. It is straight up out of the freezer in my chilled shot glass. That's what I'm going for. That is a choice. (laughs) First beverage of the day as well. So, you know, really have made some decisions there. Yeah. So this 10.30 in the morning, everyone. (laughs) It's 10.30 in the morning. It's not. It's not. It's like, it's nearly midday. Um, So this is... The last themed episode of our year two of podcasts for No Tasting Notes. And this is going to be about Ukraine. Our first themed episode of year two, last May 2021, was actually on Russian vodka. Bloody hell, that's weird. Isn't it? Um, So in the Russian vodka episode, I spent what I think at the time seemed like an inordinate amount of time explaining how vodka, which might seem Russian to us, has a much more complicated history of going in and out of state control and even ending up with multiple companies actually using the same brand. And uh, little did we know then 
that it would become <laughs> so relevant an issue. You know, yeah. what brands are Russian, what brands aren't. So I explained, for example, that Smirnov with a V and Smirnoff with a double F were once one company and then they were two and now they're related. So Smirnov being the Russian brand and Smirnoff being uh, the European one, the French spelling. And also Stoliklaya went through a similar process leading to a Russian version sold domestically and in the Benelux region. And then with the Latvian version selling everywhere else. So recently the, the maker of the Latvian Stoliklaya vodka announced that they're having a major rebrand in direct response to the, the founder's vehement position against the Putin regime and the Russian invasion of Ukraine. So it's now going to be uh, sold and marketed as Stoli, just Stoli, not Stoliknaya. Um, Stoli's group, Stoli Group's founder was actually Russian-born. Um, they are Yuri Scheffler, who's a Russian-born billionaire, but they were exiled from Russia in the year 2000 because of his opposition to Putin. Um, so whereas... The spirit has kind of previously been marketed as a Russian vodka. Its production facilities have been in Latvia since 2000. And the employees very much wanted to take action and accurately now represent the vodka's Latvian roots. So that's why they've changed it. And and also very good market reasons because a lot of bar owners have been dumping out Stoli vodka in protest, not realising that it's not actually Russian and no money from the sales is going to Russia. Um and even with kind of, um, you know, people dumping out supposedly Russian vodka, the amount of actual Russian vodka consumed outside of Russia is smaller than you might think. So in the US, for example, before the war, it was only 1% of the vodka consumption. So uh, that's that's why that entire conversation became suddenly very relevant. Um there are lots of examples as well of cocktails being renamed. So like the Moscow Mule is can now be seen on menus as the Kiev Mule um, or the newly reclaimed White Ukrainian, which I've seen a variety of recipes for, uh, ranging from just a straight copy of what was the White Russian to variations uh, like this one, which sounds pretty over the top, but also delicious, <laughs> which contains vodka, Kahlua, or coffee liqueur, Malibu coconut rum, Bailey's Irish cream, Frangelico hazelnut liqueur, milk, and amaretto almond liqueur. Holy crap, that sounds tasty. <laughs> that sounds like an extreme sort of Starbucks level of, um, of nutty and creamy liqueurs going in there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, maybe give that one a go. I will. Uh, there's no... There's no tradition as such in any of those renamed versions, um, but it's just part of the wider cultural movement of sanctions and boycotts um, against Russia. But I think let's instead uh, look instead at things that are definitely Ukrainian uh, and move on from there. So I'm going to start with vodka, seeing as I'm drinking it. Um, if you're looking for a Ukrainian vodka, the most popular seems to be Nemirov vodka. Uh, that is made in the Podilia region, which is famous for its ideal climate of growing wheat. Obviously, we know now that Ukraine grows a lot of wheat as the world's breadbasket. Um, what sets Nemirov vodka apart from other vodkas is uh, supposedly its incorporation of honey and caraway seeds, which gives it a spicy, citrusy finish. They won quite recently in 2020, actually, six medals at the Bartender Spirit Awards 
including the gold medal for Nimirov Vodka. Um, they also, uh, and that was actually for the one that's rested in the barrel. So it's it's rested in oak barrels for a while, which gives it kind of more of a wooden aroma, a light sweetness, and some of that oak core. Um, despite having all this wheat to hand, though, they don't only make wheat-based vodka. They also make vodka from corn. So Core Platinum is a unique corn-based vodka made using silver filtration, and the spirits are also filtered through charcoal of birch and alder trees. And then Dima's vodka is actually distilled from three different grains, from barley, wheat, and rye, which gives it that more well-rounded flavor profile. So traditionally, vodka in Ukraine is served with a pickle, and Mm. the brand suggests every time you have a tipple, it must be alongside a juicy pickle, which I enjoyed saying very much. I would enjoy uh, partaking in that very much. Yes, exactly. And that, that vodka won the gold award at the 2021 World Vodka Awards um, and silver at the wine and spirit competition. So from what I've seen of the popular vodkas in Ukraine, they do concentrate on putting a lot of flavour in it. A lot of it's quite quite natural from you know the different grains, but also the addition of sweetness and spices. One in particular I want to tell you about is the Chernobyl Spirit Company. And this is actually a social enterprise that aims to produce spirits, high quality spirits or moonshine from uh, the areas of land around the Chernobyl accident in Ukraine. I'm sure you'll know what that is. Um, So it's been more than 30 years since the nuclear disaster in Chernobyl. And a lot of those areas have really just kind of fallen into deprivation it really needs you know economic development it needed um, management for the for the wildlife resources as well that were abandoned so what this company has done is it's created five times distilled apple spirits and also batches of pear and plum spirits Uh, so when you purchase from the Chernobyl Spirit Company, it, it's money that goes directly into supporting Ukraine. At least 75% of the profits go to rebuilding communities um, uh, that were first impacted by Chernobyl. And then also now the war. So they, I know they recently donated um, 15 grand um, to the Ukrainian refugee appeal. So you might be thinking, is it safe? <laughs> the, the report's not long ago, actually, of it being um, stuck in customs coming into the UK because people were worried about it. So here is the science behind uh, atomic vodka, as it's called. Uh, So they looked at the transfer of radioactivity to crops, both in the main exclusion zone and also in the wider district with the zone of obligatory resettlement, where land can't officially be used for agriculture but people are still living. And the research between Ukraine and also UK scientists showed that in many areas, the land actually could now be used to produce crops and they are safe to eat. Um, And more to the point, distillation of fermented crops leaves a lot of the heavier elements in the waste product. So the distillate of alcohol is actually much uh, more radioactively pure than the original grain. So they're using distillation to reduce radioactivity in the crop anyway. And that's even further to, um, uh, you know, to make a a product that people can feel confident about coming from Chernobyl. 
Um, but, unfortunately, um, Russia has occupied the Chernobyl region. They did that in the first days of the war. They bombed the surrounding areas, which then kicked up lots of dangerous strontium into the atmosphere. And they raided the labs where the radioactivity was being studied. So the future for Atomic is a bit uncertain at this point. Um, but if you go on the website, they are still currently delivering to UK addresses. They do have vodka they already made. Uh, which they can ship and the profits of which go towards Ukrainian refugees. So it's been tested, it is safe, UK university approved, they said it has very low levels of radiation, in other words like completely normal like you would get from anywhere else. There you go, that was my uh, sort of update on, on Ukraine, on naming, on vodka. Thank you very much. Um, I would like to talk about toast. <laughs> mm. Toast? You're hungry already. Mm. We've got a way to yeah. go. No, um, toasting in particular. So I know we've done an advert on cheers. An advert. I've got work on the brain. I know <laughs> we've done an episode on cheers. Um, so we talked about lots of different countries and different cultures and how they approach toasting and cheers. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think we really talked about Ukraine. Um no. I'm surprised that we didn't because they bloody love toasting. Um, they do it a lot. And I think Georgia up until now have been the ones that we are like, oh God, there's a lot of drinking and a lot of toasting going on here. But I think Ukraine would give Georgia a run for their money. They bloody love it. They've got an intense system that can go on quite a long time. So uh, should we go through it? Yes, please. I've got, I've got um, my vodka ready. I'm going to oh, follow along. Okay, there's a lot. Okay, um, <laughs> so the first, well, it's not actually the first official toast. These guys take it so seriously that they have a, a warm-up toast before the actual toasting starts. Um, so obviously not everyone <laughs> needs to be present for that one. Say you've arrived a bit early and people are running late or people haven't sat down yet or for mm-hmm. whatever reason you're just kind of eager to get going. There's a toast for that. And uh, that is Razorev Sorev, which means let's have a warm-up. So, uh, Razorev Sorev. Razorev Sorev. Which, by the way, sounds suspiciously like Welsh pre-drinks to me. Yeah, it's the warm-up drinks while you get ready. Mm-hmm. Um, so toast number one is to the meeting. So it can be whether it's, you know, a birthday, a anniversary, a christening, a celebration of something... Um, but if there is no actual reason for celebration, um, they will still have this toast just to the meeting, which is za zustrich, which is for our meeting. So, za zustrich, Tim. Za zustrich. Or if you've got better pronunciation than me. <laughs> it's the CH in Welsh. Can't help it. <laughs> Number two, uh, to friends, happiness and health. So these don't all have to be kind of cheersed at the same time. You don't have to do them all. You can just do one or two. It's kind of loose kind of system. Um, There's only a few that are actually hard and fast. This is when we do this toast now. Uh But this toast number two to friends, happiness and health, that can spread throughout the evening. But at some point, not long after the initial to the meeting, very quickly after you'll do toast number two, which will either be to friends, which is our druzy, to happiness, which is za shiastia, to health, which is which is 
na zurovia and friendship za druzba. So one of those four things will be toasted shortly after the meeting toast. So what do you want to do? Friends, happiness or health or friendship? Oh, it's got to be friendship. Friendship za druzba. Za druzba. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be so drunk soon. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, actually, there is a more Ukrainian option here, because a lot of these you'll hear, especially the Nazarovia one, you'll hear in Russian quite a lot. Um, mm. But if you're in Ukraine and you're doing the Friends Happiness and Health toasts, um, a popular thing that... Uh, Ukrainians do at this point, they'll say budmo, which is cheers. And there's a little game they do. They say budmo, and everyone that's with them will say hey. And then you do that a second time, budmo, hey. And then the third time, you say budmo three times very quickly. Budmo, budmo, budno, And everyone goes hey, hey, hey. And then they all cheer. Let's do it. Okay, budmo. Hey. Budmo. Hey. Budmo, budmo, budmo. Hey, hey, hey. Woohoo, lads. <laughs> mm. We are we are genuinely drinking every time we toast. By the way, folks, this is going to get messy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, to number three. Num- toast number three is to love. Okay. Um. So it's preferred that it is about a romantic kind of love, but if that isn't, mm-hmm. th- th- so this one, you know, I said how everything's quite loose and you can do one here or there. It's yep. quite strict. This is the strictest one. You have to do number three is the love one. Very strict. You do this. Uh, it's Zalubyov, uh, which is I don't have the direct translation. It is just to love, I think. Um, yeah. But if it isn't, if it isn't a romantic love, it's because it's usually the men who will do it for their women. Uh, if it's not a romantic love, it can be in, interpreted as you know be being able to love again or being in love with the idea of being in love. It's quite loose. Can it just be? Can it just be for banging? Um, aggressive self-love, maybe, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, But no, good. it's pre- pre- preferably a romantic love um, made from the men to the women and the men stand when they do it. So uh, why are you sitting down? Remind, <laughs> remind me what it was again. <laughs> Za Lyubov. Okay, here we go. Okay. Za Lyubov. Thank you. Drink. I'm not drinking this because Mm-mm. I'm waiting for number four. Okay. So number four is kind of the the answer to the loved one. So all the men have done it. They've stood up and they've sat down. So this is where the ladies have the opportunity to stand up and toast the boys. Um, so it's for the men or the grandparents or the family. So depending on how toast number three went, so if it was men standing and toasting the women, it would be then the women would stand and toast them back. But if it wasn't the romantic kind of love toasts in number three, it would have just been done to love. Everyone would have done it and taken a shot. And then mm-hmm. instead of the lady standing to the men, everyone would stay seated again and you'd toast to family. So it's a bit confusing. I'm sure that once families have their system, and that's why I keep saying it's like this is a bit of a system, I guess they know what they're doing. So... Because you just stood and toasted me, I will return the favour. And it does also say that you start with the oldest. So. <laughs> <clears throat> right. um, Is there meant to be shade in this toast? or? 
<laughs> I have the option here of toasting grandparents, parents, or family. So I'm going to toast you as my grandparent. <laughs> <laughs> I am your grandma. <laughs> Za babuzi ididuzi. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, I'm feeling the love of the vodka. <laughs> I'm feeling the vodka. <laughs> Which could be interpreted as love. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, toast number five. Mm -hmm. This is known as the catch-up toast. So if there's any you've missed in toasts one to four, and you think, oh, shit, I forgot to toast my nan or whatever, uh, Mm -hmm. now's the time. But this is also when the... The toasts come a bit long, become a bit longer. Up until now, it's literally just been to health, to happiness, to this, to love, whatever. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is where you start adding bits to it and adding a little line. So rather than saying, you know, to to love, you'd say to my wonderful wife, where would I be without you? To love that kind of thing. So they slowly sure. start to get a bit longer. I know that's how you feel about me, Tim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, number six. That's the kind of local flavour. So if there's somebody from a different culture with you or a different family or somebody there that doesn't normally drink with this family or this gathering, that's their opportunity to to give their toast, to show them how they do it or thank them or show some gratitude. So that's when you go a bit rogue. I would say to my foreign Welsh friends, May you never spit on my face while you speak in your own language. <laughs> uh, I would Is that say... It? I think you've done it right. I would say, up the bum, no babies. Yeah, I'm great. Do a drink. <laughs> Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was for my culture. <laughs> uh, number seven is to lost relatives. So doesn't always have to happen in a gathering if there aren't any lost relatives to be toasted but if they were to be toasted it's normally slot number seven. Oh, is which... there a sorry is there a phrase that goes with that i did not find a phrase that went with that okay. i think then because we... we're at we're at the point now where people are starting to kind of like make mini speeches so they just say it's free form in which case we should just we should just toast to lost relatives to lost relatives. <laughs> number eight, I think coming off the back of the, the sombre moment of number seven, uh, number eight is where you can do a bit of a funny toast. Um, mm-hmm. So Ukrainians have a lot of little sayings and proverbs and things that they share at this point. So I'm going to really badly try and pronounce them. So this one is Skilki vodki neberi. Which is, no matter how much vodka you bring, you will always end up going back for more. Or you could say, Which is, vodka without beer is a waste of money. (laughs) No, never. (laughs) Uh, So yes, eight is when the jeeps come in. After okay. that, number nine, very important right now, actually, uh, is where Ukrainians will toast anyone fighting a war on their behalf. Um, so the phrase right. they say is Zanas, Zavas, Zadonbas. To us, to you, and to Donbas. Okay. Zanas, 
Za was? Za Donbass. Za Donbass. Mm. How many, how many of these are there? Because I'm really getting through the vodka now. <laughs> Number 10. <laughs> yep. Oh, my word. Um, so this is the gratitude section of the evening. Um, mm-hmm. This is where you like, you get into speech territory. You can thank anyone you want. It gets a bit emotional. This is where people start crying. To be fair, they've drunk enough. They're going to be emotional. Yeah, I can see why. I can see why it comes yeah. here. Yeah. So, yeah, the, the gratitude long speech section, but also probably a good chance to nip to the loo and get some water down you. If you're, if you're not so into the emotional speeches. <laughs> is, that, is that what you're saying your tactic would be? Oh, yeah. Talking about feelings. Talking about feelings, let's out. go for a waz. Yeah, quick, go and have a waz, find some crisps. <laughs> uh, and then number 11. I love mm-hmm. that there is a toast for this one, but number 11 is the toast where... The first attempt that anyone makes to leave (laughs) is the toast. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, if anyone tries to leave, there'll be a toast announced. And it is Na Pasoshoch, which is for the road. One for the road. One for the road. One for my baby, one for the road. This would never be us. We would never be that person leaving, but I think we should toast to it anyway. Absolutely. (laughs) Na Pasoshoch. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And the tradition is that if you are not capable of doing that shot for whatever reason, you mm-hmm. um, you should stay the night. Mm. I agree with that. Very wise. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so the second attempt at leaving also has its own toast. <laughs> <laughs> How many toasts to people leaving are there <laughs> before I drink any more? This is not the last one. <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. Sure. Uh, so yeah, the second attempt uh, is stramena. So this is normally toasted by the person that desperately is trying to leave. <laughs> so you say, right. No, right. So if, stramena. If I'm trying to like, leave, I say stramena, and then stramena. I stramena, uh-uh. and stramena means um, kind of getting into the stirrups. Mm. You, you're putting your stirrups on. You, you're off. That means a different thing to me. <laughs> If I'm crib. getting in those stirrups, I'm not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on to the third attempt at leaving. Yeah. <laughs> They'd have asked you to leave by now. <laughs> yeah. It's the one for that. It's the one for asking someone to leave. Get out. Uh, na konya is the third attempt. Na konya is to get on the horse, as if to say, like, I'm getting on the horse, I'm leaving. This is it now. Mm-hmm. So, third right. attempt. Na konya. Na konya. Mm. That is the last official toast. And that's the end of my vodka, so... <laughs> <laughs> so, 14, roughly, in total, that we've just drunk in... Yeah. I don't know how many minutes. I can see how that could take you through an entire evening. Yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's, there's not necessarily just one toast per kind of toast, either, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So, like... If you're looking at the yeah. gratitude and the lost relatives, there could be multiple moments yeah. of people getting involved. So Nice. Yeah. Thank you. That's all right. Can I talk about some Ukrainian drinks now? Oh, please do. Mm. Um, so obviously we've spoken about vodka already and 
it came up in some of the funny toasts that I mentioned. The one about vodka without beer is a waste of money. Horilka, Horilka is the name um, that is often found when you're looking for um, Ukrainian vodka or Ukrainian drinks. So um, Horilka, until kind of 1936, was known as an infusion of herbs, berries or roots in strong alcohol. But the more modern kind of understanding of it is a solution of water and purified alcohol. It's actually recognised as the purest alcoholic beverage in the world, which is why it's so popular. Mm. Um, it's normally drunk chilled. Uh, you'll put it in the fridge for at least three to four hours. But you don't want it too cold because um, if the water starts to freeze on the walls of the bottle, it means you are pretty much drinking pure alcohol. <laughs> so you'll get too drunk too yeah. quick. Mm-hmm. There's a nice Ukrainian proverb as well to do with this. Um, the first shot of Horilka lifts your spirits ever so slightly. The second one sends you flying like a hawk. And each drink thereafter, the person soars as happy and as free as a bird. Ah. Hmm. Until, nice. until you hit some power lines or something. <laughs> yeah. Or you're <laughs> desperately on your third attempt at leaving and people are saying, no, nope, mm-hmm. for the road. <laughs> Um, I think you may have to help me with the pronunciation of this one. Um, Spot, yeah. No, I don't want to even... I'm going to spell it out to you. Spotify. (laughs) No. (laughs) S-P-O-T-Y-K-A-C-H. It's it's so... It looks like a Welsh word to me. Spotica. Spotica? Spotica. I'm trying to remember what that is. Spotica. I don't know. I hope that's right. Sorry to any sure. Ukrainian people that are listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> I think, to be honest, our pronunciation is the least of their worries. <laughs> right now. I think we get a free pass on this occasion. I'm going to say spot, Spotika. Spotika. Okay. Mm. Well, that is <laughs> a sweet drink. Uh, it's distinguished by the original manufacturing technique of heating the ingredients. Um, so it was invented in the 18th century and it was constantly improved and it reached its top form in the 19th century Uh, so it's berries, spices and vodka that is infused for two weeks shake it every day to get those flavours swishing around shake it till you make it shake it till you make it for two weeks Um, comes in four kinds uh, berry, lemon, mint or rowan berry um, but it's very, very sweet. It's generally served as a dessert drink in a little shot glass. So, mm. like a, a fruity liqueur that you can enjoy after a meal. Spotty yes. cack. Um, the next one I have is very popular in Western Ukraine. It's medovuka. That is a honey-based drink. So honey, water and yeast. Uh, depending on the... On the recipe, you can add other components like grains, herbs, spices, fruits. Um, but it's traditionally enjoyed around Christmas time, and it's quite a low-alcoholic drink, 5%. It's like a mead. Very much so. Actually, I was thinking about, instead of having a flavoured vodka, I was thinking about having... I've got some very nice blackberry mead here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking, would I 
shall I drink the blackberry mead and try and explain at the start of the podcast why I'm drinking blackberry mead? But I just thought, nah, <laughs> just get back <blackberry laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, very similar to a mead. It's a honey, low alcohol, honey based, yummy drink. Mm-hmm. Um, next one is Varenuka, another vodka and spicy drink, but um, the way in which it's it's made is very very unusual um so you take some dried fruit you'd put that in some like ceramic or clayware and pour vodka on top and let that infuse for about eight hours so you've got your dried fruit and your vodka in some clayware mm-hmm. then you're going to add a mix of spices um recipes vary but the one i was looking at was hot pepper cinnamon cloves ginger and a spoon of honey okay uh, then, so far, it sounds like you're making a Christmas cake. Yeah, th- this is when it gets even more like Christmas cake. So you've mixed all those lovely um, spices and peppers and honey in. Then you're going to pop the lid of your ceramic dish on top. But the, they, they're going to put this in the oven. Like you're actually going to put it in the oven like a Christmas yeah. cake. But you don't want any liquid coming out of that ceramic pot at all. So mm-hmm. what they tend to do is they'll make up like a dough just with flour and water, mix that up and secure that like that, like kind of like Play-Doh around the top and just make sure that it's completely airtight. And then you'll put that in the oven on low for like 10 to 12 hours and then sieve out all the dried fruits and enjoy that tasty drink, hot or cold. That sounds yeah, really that's tasty. A- that sounds great. I'm down for that. Mm-hmm. I might try that. I did actually, um, I did a lot of Googling once I read about this just to see if perhaps people doubled up and made more of a recipe and more of a thing of the dough that they used around it and perhaps doubled up because that, that was my first thought was, oh, it'd be really nice if like the bread was slightly spiced and you could like dip that mm. in a drink or I thought that made sense and I did do a lot of searching but didn't really find any examples of that but I did find lots of examples of um, people having like tradition, traditional Ukrainian nights um, across Europe to uh, raise money to support Ukraine and uh, Varenuka has been quite popular they, everywhere was selling out of that because people were really enjoying it yeah mm-hmm. Um, on to the non-alcoholic beverages. Boo! Um, no, I'm just <laughs> I, f- I found the most interesting ones. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ki- Kizil is um, a very interesting drink. Very um, popular with children. It's um, a bright red, so more red than the vodka that I'm drinking. It's more of a purpley red mm-hmm. um, drink. Uh, it's a lot of fruit that are blended and boiled. That's the key thing I've read. Is that fruits have to be boiled and mm-hmm. once you've blended and boiled your drinks you then add either starch or gelatin to thicken it um and i think that's why kids like it because it's just a bit that's, that's jelly <laughs> yeah that's just jelly so <laughs> it, it depends from what i've read you can either have it as quite a thick jelly all the way up to more of a liquid so it's it's up mm-hmm. to you whether you have it quite thick or more like a liquid at one point it was considered like a meal it was a almost like a panna cotta they'd serve it mm. mm-hmm. because as well as make it with fruits you can make it with milk as well so um yeah kiesel sounds fun turning my pages you can probably hear that 
the next one I found was Kvass, which I feel like I'd heard of, but when I read it, I was like, oh, that's not what I thought it was. Because uh-huh. I thought it was a beer. When you look at it, it looks like a really dark ale. Um, but it's not alcoholic at all. It's known as a bread drink. It's made from rye bread and malt. Again, honey and herbs can be used to to spice it. But um, yeah, it's like a, a malty, bready drink. It smells quite bread. It's got a gentle, sour taste. Um, and a lot of people drink it as a kind of hot summer's day refreshment, which is quite interesting. It reminds me of the malt drinks that are very popular in the Caribbean, actually. Um, yeah. And I think it's kind of, it's quite close to a non-alcoholic beer, mm-hmm. really, but just a bit soured. Yeah. I, I think of it as like a cross between a non-alcoholic beer and a kombucha kind of vibe. Hmm. I don't think it's my bag. I've had like super malt drinks before and didn't mm-hmm. enjoy those very much. I feel like if I'm drinking malt, it needs to be alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like if you're drinking, it needs to be alcoholic. <laughs> I don't drink water. <laughs> <laughs> Famously. <laughs> uh, my last drink on my list is Ryazenka, which is a fermented milk drink. It is very, very much like Actimel from what I've read. <laughs> yeah, it's, this is why um, I'm, I'm passing on this one. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 pretty much like a drinkable yogurt. It's... Uh, it's been in Ukraine for hundreds of years. It's a mixture of milk and cream cooked in the oven. No flavours added. It's very much just like a, a soury yoghurt. It's very high in fat, but very good for digestion. And you can buy it in the supermarket. It's uh, very popular. Sure. Thank you for that that journey through various Ukrainian drinks. You're welcome. Um, I feel like we should return to probably a staple of conversation, which is beer. Mm. Do you want to hear a bit about beer in Ukraine? Why not? Yeah. So the first breweries in Ukraine were founded in Kiev monasteries. And the monks living there would spend a lot of their time developing recipes, coming up with different brewing methods. But it was very heavily influenced by the German styles. Um, So... If you were going to typify Ukrainian beer, you'd say it's a lot of pale lagers. So they've really taken that influence on. Um, they haven't. They do have them, but they're not really into dark ales, bitters, stouts, those sorts of things. They much prefer kind of the, the refreshing pale lagers. Um, the oldest functioning brewery in Ukraine is over 300 years old, um, but is now known as the Museum of Beer and Brewing. But... What surprised me, considering how much wheat they have, etc., is that, in general, from what I've seen, Ukrainians consume about half as much beer as Western Europeans. Proud. Well done, lads. They are not so down with the beer. So, you know, everything kind of you've told us about those drinks and what I've said about vodka, that really seems to be their staple. Um, a lot of Ukrainian regions have now banned the sale of alcohol since the Russian invasion. And um, that means that for the breweries that had stock, it can it's currently, you know, unsold. So um, Vava Brew, which is Kiev-based, um, put out a call. And there's a wholesaler called Euroboozer, <laughs> which I 
recommend looking at, uh, based in Hertfordshire, that has arranged for the equivalent of 45,000 pints of their beer to be driven to the UK. Um, and in fact, at the time of recording, I believe it was delivered only yesterday. So UK pubs and shops uh, around the country are going to sell this beer. Um, hundreds of the drinks have already been pre-ordered and the profits from that are then going to go back to refugees. So Eurobooza said the truck um, that contained the pints would usually take about 10 hours going through Poland. It's a 370 mile journey, but they said that it took uh, five days on this occasion to get here, um, which I still think is impressive given the circumstances. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Um, so get your hands on some of that Vava brew. If you, if you see it in the uh, shops, you'll know why it's there. Um, a lot of companies as well have made limited edition beers to support Ukraine, you know, seen very high profile ones like Budweiser and Brewdog. But in addition to that, uh, Ukraine's Pravda Brewery released the recipes for five of their beers and they encouraged other breweries to use them to raise money for their cause, which I think is actually much nicer than just rebranding one of your existing beers if you're a massive company to actually use their recipes. Mm-hmm. Um, so they called it their Victory Beer Series uh, on their website. They released it early March. And it with the graphics and everything, so you can print the label as well. Um, and that include, included Sila, um, a Belgian triple, Red Eyes, an American Red Ale, from Santa Don, a Ukrainian Imperial Stout, uh, Putin Hoylo, a Dry Hop Strong Ale, and Frau Ribbentrop, a Belgian Vit Beer. And they, so they've encouraged the breweries around to, to make it on their behalf and then donate um, if they can. So I'm going to just elaborate on a couple of those names. Um, Frau Ribbentrop. So um, Joachim von Ribbentrop was a German politician who served as the Minister of Foreign Affairs for Nazi Germany from 1938 to 1945. And by the way, they don't explain these histories on their website. (laughs) When you kind of choose to have one of these labels, these stories are not written on them. I had to go and search for this. Um, So this is what I think Frau Ribbentrop is about, is about Joachim von Ribbentrop. He played a key role in brokering what was called the Pact of Steel, Um, an alliance with fascist Italy, and also the Molotov-Ribbentrop Pact, which was the the non-aggression pact that the Nazis and the Soviets had. Um, And he very much kind of retained, favoured having good relations with Soviets. And this was the agreement, if you remember actually, um, in our Russian vodka episode, I told you about the origins of Molotov cocktails in Finland, Mm. um, how it was this pact and the dividing up of Poland that um, kind of led to sour relations with Finland and Russia was bombing Finland and they sort of named the the flaming bottles of of spirit that were being used as impromptu bombs as Molotov cocktails in honour of the Molotov-Ribbentrop pact. Now Molotov cocktails are now being made in Ukraine and used as one of their key defences so we're seeing exactly the same thing happen really. Um, Mm -hmm. but this time also expanded into raising funds through craft beer, um, as well as making Molotov cocktails. So um, Ribbentrop, on the 16th of October 1946, 
he became the first of the Nuremberg defendants that were actually executed by hanging. So he was found guilty of war crimes and uh, sentenced to death. And he was the first person that happened to. Regarding why it's called Frau Ribbentrop, uh, which is, you know, Mrs. Um, so in 1919, Ribbentrop met Anna Elizabeth Henkel, who is the daughter of a wealthy Wiesbaden wine producer. They were married in 1920 and Ribbentrop actually started as traveling throughout Europe as a wine salesman. So there is a drinking connection to his wife, but I think in truth why they called it Frau Ribbentrop is because they're just trying to be derogatory rather than actually addressing his wife. Mm. I think they're referring to him as Mrs. Ribbentrop. <laughs> That's my theory anyway, because I had to, had to go <laughs> searching quite deep for that. Um, Putin Hoyler is the other one that you would have heard me say, the dry, hot, strong ale. So Putin Hoyler is a Ukrainian... Belarusian and Russian slogan, which is deriding Vladimir Putin, the Russian president as of now. Um, it originated in Ukraine in 2014, and it started as a football chant um, that was uh, being chanted by two opposing Ukrainian teams that were actually owned by Russian oligarchs. So it was FC Metalist, Kharkiv Ultras and Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, and that in 2014, that was... Um, sort of the onset of the Russo-Ukrainian war when they kind of first went in and took part of Crimea. So it sort of started off there and the phrase became a bit of a protest song and spread throughout Ukraine. The, it's translated uh, variously as different pronunciations, but very similar, Kuilo, Kuilo, Kuilo. Um, but at its core, Kuy means dick <laughs> in both <laughs> Russian and Ukrainian. And in combination with low, it's translated as like dickhead or dickwad or prick. <laughs> so that's that's what it means. Putin dickhead. Um, for some reason, the melody of the chant that, that went along with it comes from the song Speedy Gonzales, which was a 1962 hit for Pat Boone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. That's where that fact ends, because it's funnier that way. Um, so it became quite viral. And I think it really reached its peak um, as a meme when it was referenced in 2019 in the sitcom Servant of the People, in which the fictional Ukrainian president says it. And that's played by none other than the now current Ukrainian president, <laughs> Vladimir Zelensky. So, yes. So it's a very well-known phrase, very pertinent to what's going on, very well-known um, in Ukraine. Ukrainian hackers, in fact, disabled the um, electric vehicle charging stations in Russia yes, I recently. Saw this. Did you see that? Yeah, so that's yeah. what that is. This is what that phrase is. So instead of providing the charging um, stations displays, it had a scrolling message that had um, Putin Hoyla on it. So it's <laughs> it's kind of everywhere as their uh, their banner. Um, statement from from Prat the Brewery. Then they said. Um, as peaceful craft brewers, we want to return to the normal life ASAP and enjoy brewing and drinking. It's a decisive moment for Ukraine, Europe and the democracies of the world. Soon we will win this war and have a good beer, the beer of victory. Hmm. I can feel another and, uh, toast coming on. Yeah, and I think on that note, um, drain whatever you've got left in your, um, in your glass and a toast to that. Mm-hmm.
which means I can truly say, and so our glasses have run dry, which means it's time to start toasting again if we're going to get out of here before midnight. Budmo! Hey! Budmo! Hey! Budmo, Budmo, Budmo! Hey, hey, hey! I remembered. <laughs> <laughs> you can always hear me sing.